1: Escape the Ordinary with Green and Black's organic chocolate, sponsor of the Women's Podcast, a rich, intense chocolate to savour. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast, I'm Rosheen Ingel. Thanks to the more than 200 of you who joined us on Saturday night for our last big night in of the first season when I spoke to author Emma Donoghue. We're going to be bringing you that conversation on the next episode. It really was a brilliant end to our pandemic series of Zoom chats brought to you in association with our great sponsor Green and Blacks. We're going to be back for more of that in October but do keep in touch with us about anything else on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at IT Women's Podcast. You can always email us too on the Women's Podcast at IrishTimes.com. And as always, if you want to write a review on iTunes, we'd be very grateful and do subscribe so that you get your podcasts wherever you find them. Now, yoga has had a very, very good pandemic. There's been a boom in online classes, and even the President has been keeping up his practice in Oris on Ukdron. Uh, so we wanted to let you know about a really great free which is very important when people are a bit strapped for cash yoga festival that is happening this weekend and we wanted to talk to the woman Kathy Pearson who came up with the idea inspired by the world renowned Bali Spirit Festival so
2: i rang an old friend who we've tried to do some businesses together over the years and he's a sort of designer and tech guy Killian Kavanagh's his name and he, about 12 years ago, proposed this idea to me saying, Kathy, why don't you think about doing some yoga online? And I thought, that'll never catch on. <laughs> no one wants to be doing yoga online. What? Are you mad? So now the Celtic Woodland
1: Yoga Festival is happening this weekend online. It's free. And Kathy has a great story to tell about how she went from working in the movie industry to leading a nomadic yoga lifestyle and spending her time in Thailand, in the jungle, in Bali, in Ireland. Um. so I spoke to Kathy to tell me about her journey to yoga and about why she thinks it's very good that we have a president who knows his way around a downward dog. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Cathy Pearson. Thank you very much for joining us on the Women's Podcast. Tell us about your yoga festival and why, even in COVID times, you're not abandoning it and the second one is going to be
2: held online. Hi, Roshan. Thanks for having me. You're Um, very welcome. Well, I spent about a year of really hard work with my small team to try and get the first Celtic Woodland Yoga Festival off the ground. And that was in Louth last July, um, the middle of July last year in the beautiful Townley Hall. And um, so we were all set to go for the second year in July. And when everything started to shut down in March, I just thought there's no way we'll still be in this boat in July. So we'll be grand. And I was looking at all the other events sort of dropping and dropping and then came around sort of the middle of April. I realized like all our ticket sales and all our kind of marketing months were being wiped out and, um, you know, money was still being spent on that. So we had to uh, pause that just to see what happened. And then by the end of April, and, you know, when you start seeing what was happening with the whole COVID thing in other places in the world and it started to look, okay, this is a bit of a worry now. So I had to make the call early May just to cancel it. Thank goodness I did. And then I just thought, well, I don't want to cancel it completely. So maybe we can cobble a few classes together and throw something online so people don't forget about us. And I have a background in film production, so I can do that sort of production stuff. But tech is all quite not my area. I mean, I can do a little bit here and there, but I'm not an expert at all in that area. So I rang an old friend who we've tried to do some businesses together over the years. And he's a designer and tech guy, Killian Kavanagh his name. And He, about 12 years ago, proposed this idea to me saying, Kathy, why don't you think about doing some yoga online? And I thought, that'll never catch on. Nobody (laughs) wants to be doing yoga online. What are you mad? And he's a real business head on his shoulders. He goes, I think you might be wrong there. And I said, I'm telling you, nobody wants to be doing yoga online. So off I went to my little jungle house in Thailand where I live half the year and did my yoga, not online. And so when all this COVID stuff happened and suddenly everyone was doing Zoom classes and freaking out about how they're going to continue their teaching life, um, I rang him up really sheepishly and said, uh, do you remember that idea you had 12 years ago? I said, would you be open to like maybe thinking about that now? And he just laughed and said, well, you took your time. Okay, what's your idea? So I pitched the idea to him because I needed help. I needed some technical expertise and um so he loved the idea but then um we got talking and suddenly it wasn't a little cobbled together throw a few classes online it sort of became the i was thinking about like hollywood bollywood and now it's like celtic wood production so it's it's now this beast of a virtual event with 38 teachers and super high production level and um yeah, I'm kind of questioning my sanity at the moment a little bit, but it's going to be great.
1: No, I'm glad you went back to him, uh, even sheepishly, because it's always good to be able to acknowledge when you were wrong. Put <laughs> your tail between your legs. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Now, listen, let's go back a bit because... Your background is certainly not yoga. And you mentioned your little jungle hut in Thailand where you live half the year, which I know our listeners ears will have pricked up and gone. What? How does she manage that? So let's start with um, sort of your background in film, how you got into that in the first place.
2: Sure. Well, I kind of come from a family of filmmakers and theatre people, so I grew up with that all through my teenage years. So it just seemed like the only thing I knew I should be doing.
1: Well, tell us about your family background in that respect.
2: Well, my dad's a film producer. He's done Noel Pearson. So he's done a lot of um, big films like My Left Foot in the Field and Dancing at Lunasa and Tara Road and a lot of kind of Irish classics. That was his sort of forte. And so I grew up like my first film I worked on when I was 14 or 15 was My Left Foot. I was an extra and I was looking after the little kids. I was babysitting. So I guess I got the bug after that. And then went to college and did all the usual stuff. And when I came out, I worked as a trainee. So I did the whole kind of work my way up the ranks, parking trucks, you know, stopping traffic at the end of fields, standing in the rain and wet gear for hours and hours and end. Um, I did all that for years. And then eventually I was I was and I'm still a location manager. So that means we find all the locations for movies and TV commercials and then set up all the logistics for that. So it's both creative, but also quite, um, you know, a lot of production skills required too. So I did that for years all through my 20s. And, you know, the film business back then used to be really busy in the summer, you know, so I'd have six or seven like flat out months of working, you know, hours, 70 hours, 80 hours a week. And I'd come out of it knackered and get back on my yoga mat And I started going to Asia, India, Thailand. I had already at that point loved yoga and discovered meditation and had a kind of passion for that. And I suppose in my mid-20s, I had this wanderlust that every time the winter came and it would get really cold and drizzly and dark here, I would just take off after a long season of film work. And I did that for years and years and then towards sort of... I suppose the late 90s, early 2000s, I just it's just instead of going for two or three months, suddenly I was there for five or six months having ticket meltdown changes. And in um, the end, I just realized I just should stop kidding myself here. This is how I actually want to live. So I built this amazing little house. I mean, it's a simple house. It's got those coconut palm leaf roof. It's got no walls. The walls it does have are on wheels and you slide them back. So I have 360 view of the jungle. I have a a great community of friends there. It's overlooking two beaches. I suppose it has the billion dollar view. Um, But the house itself is extremely simple. But um, yeah, and it's like when it's full moon, I don't need to have the lights on because the whole house is just illuminated by moonlight. And it's really paradise. And Where exactly is it, uh Cathy? It's in Copenhagen in the sanctuary. I'm sure a lot of your listeners, if they're kind of have that same itchy feet that I do, have heard of the sanctuary. It's a very renowned resort and kind of healing center. And it's got quite a mix of hedonism and healing. <laughs> so there's a lot of dance parties in the full moon and then a lot of people doing yoga during the day. So I've been there, I suppose, close on 20 years now which is um, shocking, and I haven't um, obviously been able to get there since our current crisis hit, but hopefully I will at some point.
1: How are your itchy feet doing now? Locked down since January?
2: I'm very itchy, Roisin.
1: <laughs> and in the midst of all of this, you also had a baby, and you have a five-year-old son.
2: Yeah, he's five
1: in September. Spirited, kind of mix in with that quite, the H&H, the hedonism and the healing And then you put in the P with that, the parenting.
2: Well, I gave up the hedonism a good while ago, many moons ago. Um, I'm on the edges of it, looking in now. But yeah, (laughs) my little fella, he he's been raised like that. Like since he was five months old, I took off with him in a baby sling, and we did Laos and Thailand and Bali, and then ended up settling in Bali because they just have such a beautiful philosophy around children there. They really children are the center of everything there so if you arrive in Bali with a baby in your arms you're like a rock star <laughs> And you can't go into a cafe or a restaurant until someone just wants to swoop him out of your arms and you know take him into the kitchen and show him off so he's kind of he's developed like a very friendly nature because he's just so used to being around different cultures and different people and and he loves the jungle he's been barefoot you know running around Chasing lizards since he's like able to walk, really. Little Mowgli. Yeah, he totally is. We were watching Jungle Book last night and he's like, That's me, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) That's so
1: cute. So you've managed to kind of, you know, I'd say a lot of people listening are kind of having a bit of uh, the green eyed monster. It sounds idyllic, you know, to be able to come back, you know, earn some money, do what you love, which is the location managing and all that, and then to live this other very, very simple but beautiful, enriching life the rest of the time.
2: Yeah, I mean that's all true what you said, but there's certain sacrifices. It doesn't just happen overnight, you know. I've 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 realised I've had to sacrifice a lot of things that people would usually see as security, you know, like a full time job or a regular income, or um, you know, even I would say steady relationships, you know. So those things have not been um, at the forefront. I've just had to, um, well, some could call it winging it. I like to call it following the energy, <laughs> but uh, I probably do wing it and fly by the seat of my pants a lot of the time, but it doesn't, it keeps it exciting.
1: Is there a but, certain amount mean, you said, follow the energy there. Is there also a certain amount of this sort of, is it the same thing as just trusting the universe and sort of trusting that what you need will come, which is a is a very alien um, concept to a lot of us who kind of feel like, oh God, if we don't have We don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. And if we don't have that security, what will happen? But I imagine that you've had to kind of live a life where you're kind of just have to trust that what you need will be there, because how else could you kind of have peace of mind?
2: Yeah, and I have all those same fears, too, that everybody else has, like how am I going to hit the mortgage this month or, you know, all those normal kind of concerns, especially since becoming a parent, even more so. But I've sort of learned to work with those feelings and not let them, um, not let them take me out, or not let them make be the background to rule my decision making process, and try to create the lifestyle that I want to have rather than that's orientated by decisions that are fear based. So that's, um, you know, that's been a bit of a, a spiritual path for me, if you like. That you know, when I do feel those worries and things come up i'm like okay right let's what's this do a bit of inner work on this and um, because i don't want that preventing me from having a um the life i want to have so yeah people sometimes say to me oh you're living the dream yeah but when i come back to ireland sometimes i don't leave the house for a week because i'm just like oh my god is the phone going to ring is anyone going to hire me is anyone going to come you know i have all those normal thoughts and fears um like everybody else i just have learned to work with them. And the yoga has definitely helped with giving me structure and a practice for that and try to share that with other people when I can in the way that I teach.
1: And speaking of uh, which, in terms of your daily lifestyle, do you, I'm just curious about whether you have a routine and whether there's certain uh, notes in your day that you have to hit and that you prioritize in order for you to keep going in the
2: way that you describe? Sure. Yeah. Well, just my self-practice, that's a non-negotiable. That has to happen. It used to happen for two or three hours every day, six days a week. And um, Then parenthood happened. And as you know, um you just don't have two or three hours spare in the morning. So now if I can get an hour and a half in, that's like a real, a really good morning. And generally it's like 45 minutes to an hour, but it has to happen because otherwise I'm not a very nice mommy. (laughs) Okay. So listen, let's go back
1: to the festival. You had your first one last year and you wrote an article for the Irish times and you were, um, you were sort of delighted in this article talking about the fact that Michael D Higgins is openly a yoga enthusiast and someone yeah. who practices and and is very open about that. What does that kind of um, representation mean to people like you and to, to that whole community? Because it's so mainstream now, yoga, much more than it was. Even I know, I Europe. know
2: that's just so amazing that it is more mainstream. Um, but we're also trying to get across in the in the yoga festival that like, There's yoga, you know, in the form of exercise, and then there's yoga in the form of embodied movement and really using it as a spiritual practice. So a lot of people enter yoga because they have an ache or a pain or something in the body that they want to address, and that's a great start because it's a fantastic thing to take care of yourself in that way. But then after a little while, you realize, okay, there's something else going on here. I'm learning about my mind. I'm learning about my tendencies and my behavior patterns and all that so when you hear like somebody like Michael Day Higgins is open about that it's just it's amazing and it's so heart-touching because imagine all our other world leaders were doing what he's doing I mean and it's possible I feel optimistic about that you know I think that Justin Trudeau I think he's another one that's come out about his practice so I love the way people have to come out about their yoga practice. I
1: know. But also, I know. you've just put a terrible image in my head of Donald Trump doing a downward dog. So, uh,
2: oh God, should not go there. <laughs> Although, wouldn't it do him good, though? Maybe not the downward dog, but some inner reflection. Definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I
1: think you're right. If if world leaders all were doing it, I think we'd have a lot of very different decisions and maybe a different outlook. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, in your small way, that's what you're trying to do is is spread this message and and that's what you're going to do with the festival so you sound like you've got great people involved it's kind of gone into a a bigger uh thing than maybe you first imagined but what can people expect and and what's what way can people get involved
2: sure well there's about i think there's 15 pretty well-known irish teachers that all of the teachers that we've picked are teaching at least 10 years most of them 20 so they're all senior teachers a lot of Irish teachers, like Michael Ryan, who teaches the president. He he's is a great be, guy. He's a sweetheart and a good friend. And he's one of our founding and headline teachers. So Michael will be there and Mary Kennedy. And who else do we have on the Irish side? Brian Ingle, the infamous Brian Ingle. Oh, I think I know him. You might have a note who he is. <laughs> and, um, and then we have all these amazing teachers from around the world, We've teachers from Jamaica, from Bali, from lots from the States, Spain, Portugal, and three teachers from Australia, Peter Clifford. We also have David Williams, who's a very well-known Ashtanga teacher. He's in his 70s. He's been practicing daily for 50 years, probably the longest practitioner of 50 years in the world. So he's coming on to give a live talk so people can come in and question and answers. And he's just written a beautiful book about his journey of yoga. So we'll have competition for that and so there's just so many different styles of yoga and also there are classes that you're not going to find in a yoga studio like I think people go to studios to practice to have their regular kind of daily practice with the teacher that they like and this content that we have in the festival is is fun and a bit more colorful and we also have a lot of nature speakers like we have the amazing Mary Reynolds who. Mary is a rewilder. She was the winner of the Chelsea Flower Show. When she, I love her. Yeah, you interviewed her. Yeah. And she's an amazing speaker and so inspirational. And I love the way she's so many solutions about what we can do for the natural world, which is a big theme in our festival. And we also have Richard Narn. He's a, a, an Irish writer who's written a lot about folklore and Irish woodlands. So we have a real mix of things and some beautiful music from Sinead Garrett, She's an Irish harpist. and. Yeah, we just have uh, a lovely array of different things.
1: Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, a selection of ethically sourced flavours combined with a rich cocoa intensity. Just, you mentioned the moon earlier, Kathy. Um I'm just having this lovely vision, which I hope to get over to your little uh, house someday. If I'm welcome, maybe in a in couple of years or something when I can... Bring the girls. Yeah, exactly. They'd love it. Um, But I'm, I'm just thinking about the moon and I'm thinking about you as a woman and this is the Women's Podcast. Can you talk a bit about the feminine energy and you as a sort of a, a feminist or a woman in this world? What What yoga brings to you in that respect? Or how do you in, interpret that as a woman? Is there anything different? Or is that, am I barking up the wrong tree there?
2: No, I suppose, you know, in, in, in the world of yoga, it was very male dominated for a long time. Um, all of the big great teachers were men and all the practitioners now are women. And that's changed a lot. There's probably like 70% of practitioners in Ireland anyway, are women. Maybe it's a little less in the rest of the world. But, you know, if you go to a normal, regular yoga class in a studio in Ireland, it's and there's 10 people in it, you can pretty much guarantee seven or eight of them are going to be women. And I suppose that's because women have a sensitivity that just they're naturally inclined to have a spirituality that's, that they're open about that. You know, women share more. We kind of tend to talk more about our feelings and, and, and all that. And it's sort of not really when lads get together and they have problems or things going on in their life, they don't tend to, not not all of them, but like women, we would just sit around and we just talk about it until we've worked it all out (laughs) And maybe that's why there's more women attracted to yoga. I don't know really, but. And in your question about the moon, I think, like, I, I it's, a, it's a class I love to teach about women in the lunar cycle, you know, with the fertility and our menstruation and the 28 day cycle of the moon is very relevant to how our bodies in fertility are working. Ovulation and menstruation and those 14 day cycles is usually the new moon and the full moon. So. And it's funny because living on that island in Copenhagen, this is known for the full moon parties. I'm just all about the moon because, you know, when the moon is full, the tides are high and then I can't go anywhere. You know, when the moon is dark, it, the whole jungle's really dark and I have to decide, make sure I have a torch in my pocket when I go out at night. So, yeah, it's, and I find living in Dublin City, that's, I mean, I do love it here, but it is one of the hardest things for me when I look outside at night and it's all orange lights, you know, you have that. Uh, light pollution so yeah it's it's a big influence on us all I think.
1: Well thank you for that because I do think that's really important and I think you know sometimes we lose sight of the fact of how connected we are with the moon and those cycles and it's one of the most natural things, but we're not really taught too much about it or it's not really connected. And it must be amazing to be surrounded by the moon in that way and to kind of judge what you're going to do by by whether it's big or small or it's whatever, it's waning Mm -hmm. or waxing. Mm -hmm. Tell people how they can get involved in the Celtic Woodland Yoga Festival, which I know was inspired by the Bali Spirit Festival, which you're very familiar with as well.
2: Yeah, well, I was teaching in the Bali Spirit Festival for the last um, few years. In fact, I was three d- two days away from going when this whole lockdown happened and had to cancel everything. But um, yeah, the organizer and owner of the Valley Spirit Festival is a friend of mine, Megan Pippenheim, and she came to Ireland some years ago to visit and we were doing you know taking her to some lovely places and she's like why is Ireland not on the map for yoga on the international level and I said well I don't know and she's like you know 20 years ago Bali wasn't and now it's the center of yoga in Southeast Asia and it's because of that like indigenous culture in Bali and she said you have that same culture here in Ireland and Everybody loves this notion of this poetical, mystical, green, lush land. And why aren't you bringing people here to experience that? So it's interesting when you have a pair of eyes that aren't Irish looking at us in that regard. And she's a real visionary. And I just thought, oh, wow, yeah, you've really got a point there. So, you know, I talked to some friends about that, like, um, jack harrison and mary kennedy you know who are really their work in the realm of yoga is really interweaving that whole celtic history and celtic calendars and celebrations and we just got talking about it and i just thought you know we have so much woodland and green space here like so much more than most countries like when you see you're coming in to dublin airport from the plane and you see this blanket of green patchwork quilt you don't see that in other places it's just buildings and buildings and So I just thought, okay, she's really got a point. And then my mom was involved in the School of Philosophy and she was helping publishing a book on the architecture of Townley Hall. And she said, you should go up and see that place. And you know, sometimes you get ideas from your mom and you kind of put them to the side. And she said it to me again. So I went up there and I didn't know it was a retreat center for 50 years already. And I opened the door and went into that place and it's so special. It's this incredible house and surrounded by 350 acres of woodland, and I just knew when I walked in the door. You know, when you get those shivers and chills, and you know something's right. Well, that was that, and and the school of philosophy really loved our idea and got support supported us.
1: Well, thanks very much, Mrs. Pearson, for for that one. <laughs>
2: like Mums are then, uh, county council have got behind us. They they've just recently sponsored us, so we're delighted about that.
1: And it won't be happening in the Boyne Valley, it won't be happening in that beautiful
2: space. Um or or will somehow yeah, be there? It partially will. a lot of our yoga classes that we're offering in the festival are are being brought from there. And the house is spectacular. And wait till you see the classes we've done from there, they really are like incredible. We have like Sinead in this incredible spiral staircase, playing the Irish harp, playing all these 17th century Irish airs, and um we have like all of us. Michael yogi's out in the woods doing her thing. So, and then we have people like Brian broadcasting his class from India and Nadine. I should let people know, that's my brother. My brother, Brian Ingle, he's in Pondicherry
1: in India and has been since the lockdown. It's probably the longest time he spent, well, not the longest, but he never would be there at this point. He'd probably be over here except for lockdown. But I I think people will be really interested in what he does somatically. He's into (laughs) somatics. It's very slow, very mindful movement. And um, yeah, I would recommend him, even though he's my brother. It's been a nepotism there.
2: <laughs> well, his classes and what he does in his work really supports all other kind of practices of movement. And actually it was Brian and I two week days before the lockdown on the phone to each other going, should we go to Bali? Should we go? Because we were both presenting in the Bali Spirit Festival. And like hours before, he's like, should we go? I just bought a ticket. Yeah, I bought a ticket too. And then like two hours before, we're like, I don't think we're going. And the next day, boom, the school's closed down and everyone else knows the rest of that story
1: yeah but how can people get tickets then and what's what way does it work
2: sure well if it's very simple you just go onto our website com, and you register and that's all you need to do and then we will send you um an email and um, with a little bit of news about the program um which we will have if i get my act together today ready by tomorrow and um, then you'll be sent a link and you can tune in for three days. And like, we don't expect everybody to come and spend eight hours a day at the festival, but they can come and they can do one or two classes in the morning, one or two classes, and even the program's amazing. So you can just look at your program and pick the classes that you're interested in. And then if there's classes that you didn't get to go to and you'd love to, then we have this other package that for 12 months, all that content will be online and people can join that if they want. How much does it cost, Cathy? Oh, it's free. It's free to come for the
1: free space. That's really important because I think, you know, that's a really generous and beautiful thing at this time to be able to offer to people that they don't have to pay, that they can get all that beautiful
2: content Um, Well, you know, we wanted to really let people see what we're doing, and it was one way that we could reach as many people as we could possibly, and also to say, look, we are doing something different here. This is unique, and it is a special event, and there's never been anything done like this in Ireland that I know of. Maybe someone could correct me on that, but I'm not aware of it, and I think just... The standard of teaching is is very very high and um they're just great people all the teachers like I'm looking at the uh, classes people were submitting yesterday and I have Kira, who you know as well from the jungles in Panama and Francie was from the jungles in Thailand and they're all just gone to such effort to film their classes and they just look beautiful so That's I'm very proud of them all when is it happening Kathy and um, the 1st to the 3rd of August and it'll be a long like running class we've Uh, we have three virtual rooms so you'll enter the festival site and it's a whole experience you'll enter and you'll have a choice to go into a meditation room a breath room a yoga room and you pick the class you want and in you go and um, there's like something like 25 classes a day on offer and then we'll have it in two time zones because we just found out we have like 150 people from Australia signed up yesterday wow and then we had like um, 80 people from New York signed up the day before so we have to do the timetable that it like someone no matter where you are in the world you can get a little piece of it
1: well listen it all sounds absolutely wonderful i'm definitely going to be tuning in and um you know well done on getting it together and all your team i know it's not a huge team so you must all be very much paddling furiously uh, <laughs> in the water uh but it's been lovely to talk to you we wish you all the best we'll put details up on our instagram page and everything so people can can register if they want to
2: Thanks, Roisin. Thanks so much for inviting me, and um, thanks for everybody uh, who is listening as well. Thank you very
1: much to Cathy Pearson. And remember, as I said, it's free to register. You just go to Celtic Woodland Yogafestival.com, and it really does sound like there's something for everyone going on. There's so many events. That's all we have time for. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan, with JJ Vernon on sound. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.